Now, I want to ask you to take your Bible and open to the book of Proverbs. Do that now, would you please? Proverbs. And while you're turning to Proverbs, I have some little, little newsy letters here. We have taken on five uh, new missionaries. And I have some little notes here to read you. Josiah Coates says, Dear Grace Baptist Church and Pastor White, thank you so much for partnering with us in this way so we can fulfill uh, the calling God has given us. We are excited to be part of your missions family and look forward to all God has in store for the future. We definitely appreciate your prayers and we will be praying for you as well, especially for the building 104 building situation. Thank you again for your love and support to us. To God be all the glory. Boys, ever nice to get, hear from the missionaries and so on. Remember, we're adopting missionaries. And if you uh, adopt two or three missionaries, I hope you do uh, adopt. Don't be afraid to adopt uh, three. If you can do one, you can do two. If you could do two, it's so easy to, to, to do your third. Some of you have several children. You know that by the time you get to the, the third child, the, you know, it gets very easy. And so uh, it'd be something like that, maybe. Uh, with adopting missionaries. So we want you to email the missionary and let them know that you have chosen their name and that you're praying for them and ask them to write you back. Sometimes the missionaries don't realize you're asking them to, to write you back. So write back, ask them to please write me back and let me know that you got my email, something like that. And uh, then you start praying for them. Daniel Bach wrote and said, we're truly thankful to be partnered with Grace Baptist Church in the Lord's harvest. We will pray for you all and hope to be able to meet with the church in person someday when the Lord makes it possible. Lisa Kendrick said, I'm so excited to become part of your church family and to partner with you in getting the great commission out to the world. I've been traveling a lot since mid January, but I've been checking my emails daily but I've also been checking my emails daily if I had Wi-Fi. Now, what does that mean? Well, uh, it means something good, I'm sure. Larry Ritzel says, we're so very thankful the church chose to partner with us. Please tell everyone thank you, and we're looking forward to meeting in person. May the Lord bless. And Jonathan Midkiff, short, sweet, to the point. We are so thankful and excited. Praise the Lord for these wonderful missionaries. Do you have your Bible open at the book of Proverbs? Have you invited a friend? Have you invited a friend to join in? You know, you can do that and there's still time to do it. You can quickly send a little text or an email to, to a friend or someone and invite them say, Hey, if you can join us, uh, here's the link. Tune in. We're uh, studying about wisdom in Proverbs and you can do that. I gave you about five pages of notes and there's a link there somewhere. Pastor Devian, where is that link? Is it near on their screen there somewhere in the description? Pastor Devian says it's in the description. So if you need the notes, go to the description and there's a link. You can click on it and you can print them out, print them out. Now, if you don't have a chunk, chunk printer, then you can always do hand notes. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just trying to save you a little trouble. Now, uh, tonight you will need pages four and five of your notes, pages four and five. And uh, we are God willing. We are going to finish the full seven pillars. We're talking about the pillars of wisdom, the seven pillars of wisdom. Now you've got your Bible open. Go to uh, Proverbs chapter number nine, chapter number nine and verse one. 
It's a familiar verse. I'd like to ask you, please, to read it out loud with me, please. Read verse one. Here we go. Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. It's no mistake. It's no little poetic device that God is using here when he says the seven pillars. You say, well, what are these seven pillars? Well, that's the joy and the fun of it is to figure it out. And I've followed certain guidelines in determining what these pillars are. Uh, Each pillar has to be connected directly back to wisdom. And there needs to be some other family connection between the pillars. So there are a lot of suggestions by a lot of good authors as to what those pillars are. But as I examine their writings, I find that either they're not connected directly back to wisdom uh, or there's no interconnection. Uh, The things they mention are good things, but they're used elsewhere. What I'm giving you in this little series of lectures here is the seven pillars. What I believe the seven pillars are now, I'd like to make a little preface comment here. Many people have the idea that wisdom is something that they call upon whenever they have a problem. Well, let's see. I'm not sure what to do here. I think I need wisdom. And so they reach in their spiritual pocket and they pull out wisdom. Now let's see what wisdom is going to tell me to do. Hmm. Some people say, well, Let's put it back in and try it again and see what it says this time. Because they maybe didn't like what it said the first time. You do have people like that. You know, they say, Lord, what would you have me to do? And God tells them. And then they say, Lord, do you have anything else for me to do? So some people think that wisdom is some little pocket tool to be kept in the pocket and pulled out whenever you have a, a question. I have a flat tire. How do I change this flat tire? I need wisdom. Oh, I'm being offered a job opportunity with company A and a job opportunity with company B. I need wisdom. And this seems to be how they look upon wisdom. And so wisdom gets left in the pocket for days, weeks, or months at a time before it's ever, you know, scrambled and reached for and finally pulled out and used. That's not the purpose of wisdom. Wisdom is not something that you just use once in a while. Wisdom is a way you live your life. We're we're talking now something totally radically different than that first definition. We're saying that wisdom is the way you need to live when, when you open your eyes in the morning until you close them at night, wisdom is a way of life. It's not some little tool you grab whenever you have a, a question mark. It's a way of life, a way of living, a way of thinking, a way of speaking, a way of behaving. That's what wisdom is. It's a way you live your life. So with your Bible open in Proverbs, And your note pages, pages four and five. And maybe you have already sent off an invitation to a friend to join us. And with having laid a a little bit of preliminary work here on what are we talking about wisdom? What is it? It's now time to go to the Lord and ask him to teach us some wisdom. 
So I invite you to bow your head and close your eyes and let's look to the Lord at this time. Our heavenly father, once now, once again, now we approach your throne with humility and with fear and with love, with much respect and with confidence, knowing that you made us a promise to call unto you. And the promise was that you would answer us and show us great and mighty things that we know not. And father, we need that when it comes to wisdom, none of us know it all. Not one of us. We're all needing more wisdom. The wisdom for yesterday was great for yesterday, but it's today. And soon it'll be tomorrow and we'll need wisdom for tomorrow. Heavenly father, we ask you to fulfill your promise as we call upon you now to open the eyes of our understanding, to behold great and wondrous things out of the book of God tonight. Help us Lord in this matter of wisdom. So we don't make a lot of mistakes. So we don't mess up our lives so that we can find your will easily and do it. Help us, Father, for your honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Boy, it's a great thing to be able to pray to God and to, to know he's listening. You say, Pastor, how can I pray and know for sure God is listening? Well, number one, make sure you're keeping short accounts with sin. You know, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. He will not hear. So keep short accounts with sin. Confess sin as soon as you possible. As soon as you do it, confess it. And then pray and ask the Lord to help you not to sin. So that, that area is, is important, very important. But how can we know God hears our prayers? By searching the Bible, looking for his promises. When God makes a promise in the Bible, that's where you use faith in his promise. So God says, call unto me and I will answer thee. That's his promise, you see. And I will show, you, I'll show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You need to pray and ask God to meet you and fulfill that promise. You say, but I, I tried that. And after five minutes, I didn't feel anything. Well, maybe you should wait another five minutes and another five minutes after that and keep praying that and keep looking in the scriptures. You see, God doesn't give us, you know, a little stopwatch to say, okay, you pray this and count off five minutes. You pray this prayer and then count off 10 minutes. That's not what God does. We are to be actively always calling unto him. All right. Now we've got a great subject here in front of us and it's the seven pillars of wisdom and See if you can zoom in on this page. Can you do that, gentlemen? Get your little zoomer going. And let's see if I can hold this up. This camera. All right. Well, we're technical difficulties, folks. We got a couple of cameras and we're picking the, the better camera to zoom with. But I want you to kind of get a look here. Let's try zoom over here now. Is it working? There we are. There we are. Now, can you, can you see that at all? You see all the lines, all the circles all around here and all of the different lines. That's what your paper should be looking like. All right. Thank you very much. Um, we have six circles numbered from one to seven. And those are the seven pillars. I told you earlier that I don't believe those pillars are meant to hold up the house of wisdom because wisdom half builded past tense. Her house, it's done. She's hewing out her seven pillars. 
Those are two separate acts of wisdom. I've shown you in the scripture where the word pillar is often used as a monument, not as a, a means of holding up a superstructure, although pillars can be used for that. I believe that the use here is as a monument and they're meant to teach us important truths that we must never forget. And folks, we must embrace these. If you're of the opinion that you're going to pick and choose, like you go to a, what's that? Borgish Morg. I'm not saying it right. The smorgasbord. Whoever invented that word. Smorgasbord. Where did it ever come from? Where you walk down a big line and there's a bowl of this and a bowl of that and a bowl of something else. And you got your plate and your fork. You take one of these and two of those. And oh, you don't like those. So you have nothing to do with it. And you keep moving. It's not like that. You don't pick five out of the seven. You take them all or you don't take any of them. It's like the Lord Jesus in getting saved. Well, Lord Jesus, I'll choose you as savior, but I don't want you as my Lord. Well, you're not going to get saved then sweetheart, because Jesus will only come into your life. If he comes in as both Lord and savior, both wisdom here has seven pillars. You take them or leave them. Pillar number one, you should have these memorized. Try not to look at your notes. Pillar number one, you should know this. We've gone over it so many times. It's the what? Say it. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. That's your first pillar. Pillar number two is the, say it, the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. That means the things about God. And you're going to get that from the Bible. You're not going to get that from the astrological charts. You're going to get that from the Bible. Number three is what? The, that's the tough one, isn't it? Starts with the letter R. It's the R word, isn't it? Say it. It's the reproof, reproof. Nobody likes to be reproved. And yet that's a very important part of wisdom. You will read it all through Proverbs. If you despise reproof, you will not get wisdom. You must learn to embrace reproof. After reproof is the C word. Remember? What is it? What is it? The counsel, the counsel of the Lord, the counsel of the Lord that tells you which direction to go. After that, number five is what starts with letter I. Some of you are cheating. Come on now. Don't look at your notes. Instruction, instruction. So there's the five tonight. I'm going to give you two more. Are you ready? In that little circle, put a number six. And if you go to page number five, page number five, number six near the bottom, it's the word prudence, prudence, prudence. Some people don't like that word. In English, we have an expression. When someone seems to be messing up all our fun, they're just a stick in the mud. They never smile. They never, you know, enjoy a joke. They never enjoy anything. We call them an old prude. I don't know who came up with that, but because of that one word, I think a lot of people don't understand the word prudence. The word prudence is a wonderful word. It's an excellent word. And I'm going to give you a definition of it now. And I need you to write this in your notes. A definition. Prudence is the ability 
to look ahead in life. And you don't need a crystal ball. The ability to look ahead in life, it includes discretion and self-control. Prudence, the ability to look ahead in life, that's foresight. That's to be able almost to look down the tunnel of time. The ability to, to look ahead and see, uh, oh, oh, I see trouble on the horizon. I'd better prepare myself. You know, the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 16, he said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, ye hypocrites. He says, you can tell the, 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 the weather, but you can't tell the signs of the time. He says, you look out in the morning and this is where it comes from. Red in the morning, shepherds take warning, meaning that, oh boy, it's going to be rough weather. Or red in the evening, red at night. That's what it is. Red at night is shepherd's delight because the next day is going to be a nice day. And when we used to live in Ontario, you could follow that rule pretty good. But since we moved 22 years ago, we moved out here to the West Coast. That rule doesn't apply for some reason here. I've seen many beautiful um, sunsets red at night. Think, boy, we're going to have a great day tomorrow. And it was miserable, stormy. And I've seen the opposite with red in the morning and gorgeous, beautiful days. So I don't know. Uh, over in Israel, though, you can sure use that. Red in the morning, shepherds take warning. Well, the weather, you see, to be able to, to, be able to uh, have foresight and, and look and see what's ahead. That's every weatherman's dream. Every weatherman and weather woman would love to be able to predict the weather with great accuracy. Every day, almost every day, I look on my, my device, my phone. I hardly use it for phoning. I use it for everything else, but I look on my phone for the weather. It tells me the weather for today and, and for the next seven days. And I say, Oh, it's going to be a rainy today and rainy uh, for the next seven days. And then lo and behold, it turns out to be a real sweetheart day and, and sunny the next day and the day after the weathermen, they try to have prudence. They try to have this ability to look ahead and sometimes they get it right. And sometimes they don't prudence is the ability to look ahead in life and to see what's coming. It also means discretion. It also means self Control. Those things are tied in together. Those are very important concepts. Now I want to give you some, some scriptures about this. So take your book, the, the book of Proverbs and turn to 14 chapter 14. So on your paper, it says, see also Proverbs and the first blank chapter 14. So you put in a 14 and then a colon, a dot over top of a dot. And then the number 15, that means chapter 14, verse 15. So chapter 14 and verse 15 says the simple believeth every word. That means someone who just believes everything you tell them, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. The prudent man doesn't believe everything he's told. You see how this is part of wisdom. Have you ever believed something that afterward you said, boy, I'm so silly. I should never have believed what they told me. They didn't even know what they're talking about. And I believed them. The simple believe every word, but the prudent man, you say, how do I get that? 
you get it with wisdom. It's a package deal. It comes with things like the fear of the Lord and the reproof of God. And if you don't take those, you're not going to get prudent. All right, let's move on. The next little line there. The next one is 1621 chapter 16, verse 21 says the wise in heart shall be called prudent. Ah, you see, that's a wonderful word, isn't it? Let's go to chapter 22. That's the next one. Chapter 22 and verse number three. I love this one. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. Now you might be wondering who these simple people are. Who are these simple ones? I'm going to be telling you that it's explained in Proverbs. The Proverbs give us four words that deal with unsaved people. And simple is one of those words, but I'll teach you that um, possibly next week or the week after we'll see, but I will, I promise you, I'll teach you that because you need to know it. And so here is a very important verse here. The, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. And so, you know, you're driving and like most people, you going over the speed limit and then you see way up there, you see someone holding a, what looks like a hairdryer and they're pointing it at the road. <gasps> you think mm-hmm. you put your foot on the brake, you slow down, you maintain a respectable speed but this simple Simon dimple guy, he, he roars right past you. The simple pass on and are arrested and are punished. You see the prudent. It's like having radar. All right. Where do we leave off here? I'm sorry to bunny trail a little bit for you, but man, this is exciting. We're in chapter 22, verse three. All right. Also on that line, <laughs> it's a long line. So I need you to write a couple more verses, 24 to 25 of the same chapter, chapter 22, verse 24 and 25. Uh, Make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man. Thou shalt not go. You say, what has this got to do with prudence? Watch the next verse. Lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. What I'm giving you here is an example of prudence. The prudent man foreseeth evil. Why, here's someone who wants to be my friend, but the guy's a, he's a time bomb. He's got, you've heard of a short fuse. He's got no fuse. He's, he just blows up. This guy is furious. He's angry. You don't want to become his friend. Oh yeah. Why? Because you're going to learn his ways and it will be a snare to your soul. That's prudence. The ability to look ahead. Let's move on. The next blank is a long one. So chapter 23, and um, I'm not going to read all the verses, put one to eight, chapter 23, one to eight. And it's this famous thing here. If you're sitting with a ruler and, you know, consider diligently what's in front of you, put a knife to thy throat. If thou be a man given to appetite. In other words, all of his dainty meats, all the stuff he's feeding you, you're going to vomit all that stuff up. All those sweet words, you're going to, going to lose them. And so verses one to eight deal with prudence. Look at verse 17. Also 17 to 18. Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long for surely 
There is an end and thine expectation shall not be cut off. There's a promise of God right there. That is an excellent promise of God. I have that one written on a three by five card and I review it and I rehearse it with God in prayer. Lord, you made this promise and God loves it. When we do that, we take his own word and pray it back to him. Oh, beloved. That's one of the secrets of prayer. But here we see prudence in action. And also if you put 29 to 35 and this one, well, there's, there's other things in here, but this particular one is all about alcohol, alcohol. You know, these days there's a lot of Christians saying, well, it's okay. If I want to drink alcohol, Bible says, just don't get drunk. You know, that's one of the stupidest arguments I've ever heard. I'm sorry to be a little blunt, but that is one of the stupidest arguments I've ever heard. The Bible is not telling you it's okay to go ahead and, you know, drink all of the wine you want. Just don't get drunk. That's not what the Bible teaches. But for someone who wants to drink alcohol, one excuse is as good as another. It doesn't matter. They'll grab onto any excuse. You read those verses and here God is warning us. Don't get involved with alcohol. I mean, as a beverage, if you have to use a little something, you know, to cleanse a wound, they use alcohol, rubbing alcohol to do that. I mean, that that's medicinal purpose there, but we're talking about what's going in the mouth. Boy, these, I don't know. I don't want to get off on that subject, but so many people's lives have been ruined. They started with wine and then it got to lots of wine and then it got to some hard liquor and then it got to a lot of hard liquor. And then some even made the jump over into drugs. Really, that's all that alcohol is, is just another kind of a drug. It's a real sad one. Now we've got another two lines there. Let's go to chapter 25, chapter number 25 and verse number 16. Here's another example of prudence. Hast thou found honey? Eat so much as is sufficient for thee. Why? lest thou be filled therewith and vomit it. So what does it mean? It means some of the, the real sweet, good things. You just take a little, you know, some of us have trouble doing that when it's an all you can eat restaurant. Yeah, but I'm paying for all I can eat. It doesn't mean you're supposed to just go and take what is sufficient for you. Learn what your sufficiency is. A lot of people, a lot of the gurus who teach us how to lose weight. One of the things they tell us is to leave a little food on your plate. Don't clean your plate. Leave a little bit of food there. It, it builds the discipline in you. Also, when you take some food, put your fork down or your spoon down. Don't leave it in your hand. It's like your gun is there ready to shoot something else. And then another one. But if you put that utensil down, then there's something mental about it of having to pick it up to get another shovel full going. You're going to take your time. You're going to eat a little less. Not here to talk about diet. Here to talk about prudence. One more, and it's in chapter 27, verse 12. 27 and verse 12. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. And someone is thinking, 
Pastor, we just saw that one earlier in chapter 16. I think it was 16, wasn't it? No, 22. And uh, why is it repeated? Good question. Hold on to that question. We're going to deal with that question. There are several things that are absolutely repeated in Proverbs. What's the answer? Well, hold your horses. That's what I used to get told when I was a kid. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. And we'll get to that in due time. All right. So now you have on your paper, uh, number four, you have a number six. And I want you to write the word prudence right underneath it there. So where are you here? Six and underneath it, the word prudence. Okay. I want you to draw a line from number five to number six. And I want you to see the family relation. Now, these seven pillars all have interconnecting lines. They don't all each have seven different lines. Some of them have six, some of them have five, some of them have four, but they all have some. It's like in a family with a bunch of kids. Some of the kids are a little more connected to some of the others. And some of the kids just have a couple of connections with brothers or sisters. They're a little more aloof. Maybe I don't know, but that's the way it is in this family. And so draw a line between five and six. And I want to show you because I told you that there's a, a connection. There's connections between these. And I'd like you to keep your finger in Proverbs. Turn to the right. I want you to go to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah chapter number 28. And this is what you'll be writing on that line that you drew between the five and the six Isaiah 28. And I want you to write verse number 26. Isaiah 28 and 26. And I want you to see here. It says for his God doth instruct. There's the instruction instruct him to discretion. That's another word for prudence. So you have instruction and prudence connected Uh, for his God doth instruct him to discretion and doth teach him. So there is a direct connection between those two, but I want you to see a couple of other connections as well. I'd like you to draw a line between number six down to number three, number six and number three, go back to Proverbs, would you please? And I want to show you the family connection between reproof and prudence right in on that line, chapter 15 and verse five, chapter 15 and verse number five. Here it says a fool despiseth his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent, prudent. So chapter five, verse 15. Um, I want you also please to draw a line between number six and number two. So it's a line completely directly across between six and two. And on it, I'm going to give you a couple Bible verses. Number one, chapter five of Proverbs, chapter five, verses one and two. My son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding that thou mayest regard discretion and that thy lips may keep knowledge. There you have knowledge and discretion. Another term for prudence. Go to chapter 12, 
Sorry, I got to take a little bit of uh, coolant here. I'm getting overheated. I'll tell you, I get excited about the book of Proverbs. This is, ah, it's like living in clover. It is a wonderful place. Oh, Beulah land. Oh, Proverbs. And go to chapter 12 and verse number 23. 12 and 23. A prudent man concealeth knowledge. There's the connection there between them. Now I'd like you to draw a line from number six directly up to the house of wisdom and understanding. Draw a line directly up there. And I'd like you to write on there. Chapter eight, verse 12, chapter eight, verse 12. And I do encourage you to look up these verses with me. Don't let me do all the work. You look them up with me. Okay. Chapter eight and verse number 12. I wisdom dwell with what's that word? Prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions, wisdom and prudence, absolute direct connection. And they just happen to find out some pretty incredible stuff. And now uh, chapter three and verse 21, this again goes on the line from number six up to the wisdom and understanding house chapter three and verse number 21. And it says, my son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. And there you have the connection once again. Now I want to move on and I want to give you number seven. Number seven. Or should I stop right there? What do you think? It's eight o'clock. If I give you number seven, we're going to go probably to 10 after eight or something. Tell you what, we'll take a vote. All who would like me to stop right here, raise your hand. Okay. Anyone else? Okay. If you'd like me to continue, raise your hand. Okay. Now some, some of you voted twice. Okay. If you want me to stop, raise your hand. Okay. If you want me to go ahead, raise your hand. Okay. The stops have it. All right. We were democratic about that. And uh, we're going to stop right there. So next Wednesday, we're going to give you pillar number seven. Okay. And I'm going to, after I give you that, we're going to start getting involved with the pathways. You see this study on wisdom, it doesn't finish when we get to the seventh pillar. It's not over because there's a, a whole world of wisdom waiting for us. There's a whole lot more you're going to see. And it's quite exciting, really. Uh, for years, I've been studying this stuff. And I'm still not to the bottom of it all. There's still more and more to be learned. I'd thought of writing a book. I actually thought about this, writing a book on Proverbs. But the thing is, I don't know it all. And so after I would write the book, the Lord would show me some more and then I'd have to write the book again. And then the Lord would show me more and I'd have to write it again. But you know something, the stuff we do learn, we can put into practice right away. I want to encourage you and I'm very serious. I want to encourage you to embrace these six pillars that you've learned.
And I want you to read through the chapters one to eight of Proverbs. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One chapter a morning or one chapter a night. In fact, start tonight. Read chapter one again. Pastor, I already read chapter one once before, twice before, three times before. Read it again. I want you to read it again and go through one, two, eight. You'll thank me for it. Okay. Now pray with me. Heavenly father, we are so amazed at what we're finding in the scriptures. Lord, help us to adopt a lifestyle of wisdom. Make us wise people. Lord, wise to good things. When it comes to the sin of this world and the wickedness of this world, let us be children. Let us be ignorant. But when it comes to the things of God and the truths and the promises, let us be wise. Father, I pray that if anyone is watching and they don't yet know you as savior, that they would start reading the Bible and crying out to you because the scriptures are able to make them wise unto salvation. And so heavenly father, save the lost and bless the saved in Jesus name. We ask. Amen. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's word.